Let's hear from the coach. This is Behind the Beard with Bobby Smirniotis, Forge FC head coach and sporting director. Now, the woman who takes us there, here's Mackenzie Barwell on the Forge Audio Network. Week six of Behind the Beard, joined by head coach and sporting director, Coach Bobby Smirniotis, as always. Thank you so much for taking the time. How are you feeling after a long day of travel yesterday? Because uh, rumor has it your plane was on the tarmac for a good two hours before you took off. Is that true? Yes, that is uh, true. It's part of uh, travel and part of the season. You know, we've always had these interesting trips over the years. And, and coming out of there, you know, it, uh, we had, I think, four and a half or five hours added to our uh, to our final day with uh, being on the plane, coming off the plane, getting on another plane and finally making it. You got off and then? Oh, yes, we did. <laughs> what time did you get back yesterday? Yeah, we got landed back in Toronto at around uh, 8.30 p.m. And you left in the morning, no? Left the hotel at 6.30 in the morning, <laughs> Pacific time. <laughs> Not the longest trip in Forge history, for those who don't know. In, uh, in year one, it took us 23 hours door-to-door to get back from Pacific <laughs> to uh, Hamilton with two stopovers and three flights. I'm holding back the laughter right now. It's not funny. It's kind of funny, though. It is when you think <laughs> back at it. I talked to Noah briefly earlier this week, and I was curious to get your perspective. Um, how do you go about training sessions during these travel periods? You were in Winnipeg, then you were over in BC, and obviously getting in some training before and after these matches. But how do you tackle situations like those? Yeah, most of it, you just try to stay on your uh, periodization schedule. So based on the, you know, the the day of the of the game and what you do the day before the game, day after the game. So you stay on your same schedule. Obviously, the venue changes. Yeah. Um, maybe you don't have as much of the equipment as you do back at home, but uh, you know, as as coaches, we're experienced enough to to try and make sure that we put things uh, together properly for the guys to make sure they're getting the right things uh, tactically out of it technically and then and then physically so we just stay on the same course that's the most uh, most important thing you know stay on the same course um, that you have so you're trying to keep the guys at the at the peak uh, levels of fitness yeah. for the games just make it work with the resources that you have yes okay before we chat about the regular season i want to turn to your time with sigma because i've had a few conversations recently not only with noah but seba and chris and they talked about how influential that period of time was for them what did that do for your career as a coach and transitioning and coming into your time with Forge? You know, that was a place uh, for over 15 years where I was able to grow an idea on uh, on how to develop players, how to work with players, how to make players better um, and give them an opportunity to keep on uh, playing this game. Uh, you know, so off the field, there's a lot of uh, responsibilities, um, which I think prepared me well for, for getting into this job and, and building the team as we did in the early years um, with, uh, with my brother um, who was here. You know, from the coaching uh, component, yeah, it gave me a very puristic way of, of working, of a way of, uh, of really sticking to, to a way of playing, a way of developing uh, players and, and really, you know, believing in what you do. And I think that's the one thing I tried to translate when we uh, when I started here with Forge. It's it's uh, to build a, a culture, to build an identity of a way of playing, and you know stick to it. Don't waver too much from it. And that has nothing to do with formations and and all of this, but more on the principles of the game. And I think when you're able to do that uh, at the youth level, where winning doesn't matter, but developing is the most important thing, I think you're able to see. You know what works, what doesn't work, what you need to change as you as you go forward, and I think that's helped me a lot uh, as I transitioned into the professional game. 
And in developing these players, some of them you're still coaching today. Do you find that that was very beneficial coming in with Forge as well? Yeah, of course. Uh, I think uh, it's important for every uh, successful club. I think having a successful academy or a vehicle in behind to, yeah. to make sure that you have a steady flow of players that have a identity um, that's very similar or mm -hmm, the same mm -hmm. uh, as the first team is, is very important. And it's no secret that the, the backbone of this uh, club was built off of, you know, a lot of players that came through the Sigma Academy. And that continues to, to be the same thing as we've seen every year, you know, one or two players uh, making the jump. Um, from there, and that's something that we we want to expand. We want to expand with uh, with our footprint, you know, in in Hamilton. Yeah. And part of our uh, partnership with with Hamilton United and so on is bring our expertise and be able to to expand our our reach and also uh, our ability to to bring players from a youth system up to first team football. What's that process like? You mentioned being able to call up these players. Is that still the case? You've obviously made a bunch of connections there. Yeah, so we know every year uh, some of the bright talents that are coming through uh, the academy system and which ones, uh, you know, need, let's say, the stimulus of, of training in a first-team environment. So you look at a guy like Noah Jensen, and he's been in the Forge environment, uh, I want to say, since 2019. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's a guy that not only... Uh, became a pro a couple of years after that, but was already in the environment. He knew what the place looked like, what the training mm -hmm, was like, mm -hmm. uh, what the level was like. Uh, Malcolm Duncan was with us this year, same thing, has been in uh, in the environment uh, since then. And I think that's important, and we continue to do that today. You know, on uh, on a week where we have full week of training, there'll always be uh, a couple of players in from uh, from the academy and, uh, and going through those experiences to make sure that if they make this jump, that they're better prepared for it, whether it be here or anywhere else in the game beyond youth football. Well, Noah was telling me about how him and Malcolm have played together since they were 11. So it's no surprise to me that they kind of came probably holding hands, actually, when they came to Yes, Ford. you know, some of these guys have uh, been around each other for a long time. It's cool. It's cool to see. Now shifting back to this past uh, weekend, being in these new environments, like you said, different stadium, different conditions, how do you, from a coaching perspective, prepare players to, you know, for example, playing at 10 p.m.? What are the kinds of things that you can do to help them out in those situations? Yeah, I think in, the, in this one, uh, being away um, for the days and traveling straight from Winnipeg with it being a quick turnaround, uh, we decided not to come back home and travel straight to, to Vancouver. Uh, that also takes a little bit of uh, the travel time mm -hmm. away that allows us to adjust a little bit to those uh, the time difference um, a little bit and get prepared to, you know, to play a midweek game that's, like you said, a, a 10 p.m. Uh, back home. Um, but beyond that, it's business as usual. We try and play our football. We, we stick to our principles uh, to the best of our ability. And, you know, in this, these two games, I think uh, we've done that. And uh, it's been unfortunate when you when you look at the results, for especially the output we put into uh, both games in the, in the first half and the chances that were created um, in both games um, early on. And, uh, you know, football sometimes uh, can be very beautiful and very cruel at the same time. And this past uh, week, you know, we've seen the cruel component of mm -hmm. it uh, where mm -hmm. we've done some excellent stuff in the attack, created some very good... Uh, opportunities and being scored on with the opponent's first shot on goal. Um, 
But I always say, you know, what's what's happening to you today is something that uh, you will be doing to others uh, a little bit later down the road. Well, I was just going to ask you what how you kind of assess the the weekend and going into Tuesday as what I think pretty much that that sums it up. Yes, it does. Um, what about you, though? Is it a late afternoon coffee to keep you awake for the 10 p.m. game? <laughs> no, I like the, I like a good espresso, a good uh, espresso or macchiato for a, for a late game. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's... Uh, just making sure we've got a good uh, good routine along with the players. Same thing with our mm-hmm. staff, you know, mm-hmm. especially when you're on the road and it's uh, there's a lot of free time in between. It's you just gotta keep a good uh, routine of what you're doing, and a good routine usually has a few espressos in it. <laughs> you heard it here first. Okay, that's all I have for you, Bobby. Thank you. All right, sounds good. Thank you. This has been Behind the Beard with Mackenzie Barwell and Bobby Smirniotis. If you like what you heard, please like, follow, subscribe, comment, and share.